welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. Virgin Islands Senator could be forcibly removed from office for ignoring COVID-19 protocols. Petroleum Company of Trinidad and Tobago Limited, AMV Oil in Million Dollar Settlement. Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association warns that travel advisories don't present full picture and Jamaica to lead Pan-American Health Organization directing council meeting. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, September 22nd. We start a report today in the U.S. Virgin Islands. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Senate President Donna Fred Gregory announced that the Virgin Islands Legislature will establish a Committee on Ethical Conduct by week's end to probe reports that Senator Marvin Blyden, a frequent top vote-getter on the island of St. Thomas, ignored protocol after twice testing positive for COVID-19. It is the second probe Blyden faces after the U.S. Virgin Islands Government House confirmed an investigation by the Virgin Islands Department of Justice. As a result of the situation surrounding Senate Majority Leader Marvin Blyden, a meeting was held with the Senate Vice President and Senate Secretary. It has been determined that the matter warrants the establishment of a Committee on Ethical Conduct pursuant to the rules of the 34th Legislature, the Senate President said in a statement. Blyden, who is fully vaccinated, took a rapid antigen test at the VI Legislature last Tuesday morning and again later that day at the Department of Health. Both of them came back positive according to his statement. Then on Thursday, Friday and Saturday, Blyden took three different rapid tests administered at home which showed negative results. Blyden proceeded to attend a scheduled meeting Saturday night with potential investors who had already flown in for the meeting where he potentially affected scores of others. At a Monday Government House press briefing, Government House and Health confirmed that a probe is on the way into Senator Blyden's actions. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that Petroleum Company of Trinidad and Tobago Limited and A&V Oil are in a million-dollar settlement. Four years after Petrotrine prematurely ended a contract with A&V Oil and Gas Limited in what became known as the fake oil scandal, the petroleum company of Trinidad and Tobago has settled an arbitration dispute between itself and A&V. A&V will receive $18 million as full and final payment for any and all damages suffered by in the connection with the termination of the production sharing contract. The petroleum company said this settlement avoids the payment of millions of dollars in damages to AV, money which was awarded by an arbitration panel. In addition to the 18 million payment, A&V will get a new exploration license with National Oil Company. The state company said it will enter into an enhanced production service contract with A&V Oil for the purchase of crude oil for a period of 10 years as indicated of the cordial nature of the settlement. 
On the political platform four years ago, opposition leader Kamala Prasad Besaisar alleged that ANV oil owned by Nazim Bakshi was charging the state for oil not actually produced. Petrotrine subsequently investigated the claims and ended AB's drilling contract for crude from the Cats Hill field in Rio Claro. Petrotrine was later restructured with the interests vested in Trinidad Petroleum Holdings Limited Group of Companies. In June, ANV Oil successfully argued its case before an arbitration panel headed by former president of the Caribbean Court of Justice, Sir Dennis Byron. The panel said it found no evidence of corruption by ANV Oil. Legal costs and expenses incurred by ANV Oil in the arbitration proceedings are still to be agreed by the parties. Antigua Newsroom reports that travel advisories have been placed on several Caribbean destinations due to the increase in COVID-19 cases. This is attributed to the highly contagious Delta variant. Vanessa Ledisma, acting CEO and Director General of the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association, said that there has been no indication that the increase in travel to the region over the past several months has contributed to any significant spread of the virus. According to the contact tracing analysis provided by several of the region's destinations, which are monitoring this, the level of COVID-19 transmission between residents and visitors has been negligible, said Ledisma, who added that testing of departing travelers returning to major source markets has shown insignificant positivity rates. The Travel Trade Association veteran believes that travel warnings based on COVID-19 positivity levels can be misleading. We have gone to great lengths to produce the safest possible corridors in our tourism-related communities, she assured, adding that Caribbean travel is safe and continues to get safer. Ladisma shared that the Caribbean community's commitment to health safety started long before the beginning of the pandemic, and its multi-agency collaborative approach helped to jumpstart the training of nearly 8,000 of the region's tourists tourism industry supervisors, managers, and owners. Early in 2020, the association locked arms with the Caribbean Public Health Agency, CARFA, the Caribbean Tourism Organization, the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, and the Tourism Resiliency and Crisis Management Center to form the COVID-19 Caribbean Task Force, recognizing that the Caribbean is the world's most tourist-dependent region. A priority was placed on establishing protocols to ensure that interpersonal interactions within tourism communities and between members of the tourism community and visitors were as safe as possible. She applauded the work of CARFA, the Pan American Health Organization, CARICOM, and Caribbean governments, which have placed high priority on securing vaccines. We have been advised that vaccines are now readily available throughout the Caribbean, so there is little excuse 
for those who are able to receive one not to do so. A number of destinations within our region rely on tourism for more than 70% of their GDP and over 50% of employer. That is what makes it deserving of special consideration for vaccines, she added. While advanced bookings have slowed globally, demand for travel to the Caribbean this upcoming winter is strong, as indicated by advanced bookings, buoyed by flexible cancellation policies and travel insurance as added assurances to give travelers confidence. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's health and wellness minister, Dr. Christopher Tufton, has been selected to serve as president of the Pan-American Health Organization's directing council meeting and will lead the 59th meeting of the 35th Pan-American Health Organization member states. The council is meeting in Washington, D.C. The week-long meetings began on September 20th and will conclude on Friday, September 24th. Matters for discussion include a roadmap for the digital transformation of health sector in the region of the Americas, a comprehensive approach for addressing health threats at the human-animal-environment interface, and reinvigorating immunization as a public good for universal health. Additionally, Jamaica is expected to vie for a position on the executive committee to serve for the term of 2021 to 2024. The Pan-American Health Organization Directing Council is responsible for setting the organization's policies and priorities for technical cooperation, as well as discussing matters of public health significance and agreeing on the way forward for the region. 721 News reports that the Directing Council of the Pan-American Health Organization, 73rd Session, the Regional Committee on the World Health Organization for the Americas, has invited St. Martin's Minister of Health, Social Development and Labor, Omar Otley, to serve as a member of the Committee on Credentials of the 59th Session from September 20th to 24, 2021. The Pan-American Health Organization Directing Council meets annually to discuss constitutional program policies, administrative and financial matters, elect member states to serve on boards and committees, and present awards. As a member of the Committee on Credentials, Minister Otley will work with representatives of two other member states to evaluate all the delegation's credentials. The role will also require reporting on pending accreditation. Accreditation is an essential step in the procedural process. It recognizes those member states eligible to vote on critical public health program policy matters relevant to the Caribbean and Latin American countries. The epidemiological situation resulting from the current COVID-19 pandemic and related public health restrictions preclude the possibility of holding the directing council 
Council in its traditional in-person format. Thus, it will be held virtually using video conferencing technologies. This invitation brings me great joy because it provides another opportunity for knowledge transfer among members of the Caribbean, Pan-American region, and the world by extension, said Minister Otley. It also allows St. Martin to build on its thriving relationship with the Pan-American Health Organization and World Health Organization, and it showcases the island's commitment to continuous progression. The Jamaica Information Services reports that the government of Jamaica has donated medical supplies valued at more than 10 million to the Republic of Cuba to assist in the fight against the coronavirus in the Spanish-speaking island. Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade Minister Senator the Honorable Kamina Johnson-Smith handed over the items to the charged affairs of the Cuban Embassy, Eusilis Calvo Borges, during a ceremony held at the embassy in Kingston on Wednesday, September 15. The items include medicines, disposable medical masks, sterile gauze pads, inhalers, and other over-the-counter pharmaceutical items. Senator Johnson-Smith, in a statement informed that the donation is part of a broader response by the Caribbean community CARICOM to Cuba. The foreign ministry is also pleased to facilitate the shipment of additional medical supplies donated by members of the local medical fraternity and other well-wishers, which will be included in the container to be shipped. The donation was organized through the joint effort with Jamaican private sector companies, Lasco Pharmaceuticals and CaryMed Limited. And finally, the Weekly Journal reports that Isabella Casilia Guzman, the administrator of the U.S. Small Business Administration and member of President Biden's cabinet, made her first official visit to Puerto Rico, engaging with government officials, small business owners, community organizations, and business development centers to spotlight the island's economic recovery from the coronavirus pandemic. During her visit, Guzman met with Governor Pedro Perlusi and Economic Development Secretary Manuel Cidres Miranda, as well as San Juan Mayor Miguel Romero Lugo. After visiting a shuttered venue operations grant awardee, Museo de Arte de Puerto Rico, she also met with natural disaster impacted small business owners, toward Parallel 18, a nonprofit organization that assists small businesses start and grow on the island, and discuss government contracting opportunities with government contractors and eight small disadvantaged businesses. While on island, Guzman also addressed the San Juan Economic Development Forum, participated in an equity roundtable, and announced launch of two new women business centers in Puerto Rico to ensure female entrepreneurs have equitable access to resources as their male counterparts. The two women business centers are sponsored by Ana Mendez University, Gurabo Campus, and Friends of Puerto Rico. 
The two centers will receive annual grants of $150,000 each to help women-owned small businesses throughout Puerto Rico start, grow, and expand their businesses. Latina entrepreneurs are among the fastest-growing entrepreneurial segments in the nation. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month and as the nation recovers, it is SBA's priority to ensure that women in Puerto Rico have equitable access to resources and support to start, scale, and grow much-needed businesses within their communities, said Natalie Madeira Cofield, SBA Assistant Administrator for the Office of Women's Business ownership. The SBA Women's Business Centers program is a catalyst for the growth of in-depth, substantive, outcome-oriented business services for women entrepreneurs. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, September 22nd. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.